Welcome to Cat Chat. You are listening to Cap Chat Live. Cap Chat Live. Cap Chat Live from the United Soccer Coaches Convention. Here is your host, Josh Tyler. All right, we are back. Podcast row. Liam O'Connell um, is with United Soccer League, the USL. Uh, you, you're the president of USL. You oversee. Oh, you're the technical director, but you're the you're the big guy of uh, of, of USL. It's a massive organization. Uh, let's first ask what um, there's <laughs> there's many facets of USL in in, in your quick elevator, ten thousand foot view. What what's the different levels of, of USL? So, easiest way to explain it, we're the only entity in American soccer invested in operating in every sector of the game. Okay. Right? So, we've got uh, men's, women's, boys, girls, youth, amateur, pro. But the key is, the, eco- the way we're building out the ecosystem is it's all based on senior team soccer. Yeah. So, you have three men's senior team, Championship League 1 being professional, League 2 being amateur. Okay. On the women's side, W League is League 2's counterpart, right? Okay. What was PDL? Yeah. And now we're adding the Super League later this year, which is like the championship equivalent. So pro. Nice. Okay. And then Academy, USL Academy, is the player development model for the clubs invested in operating in our senior team leagues. Got it. So if you're going to see a USL Academy program, it's because it is directly tied into that men's or women's team as like a U20 reserve team. Got it. Okay. That's the intent behind it. And then beyond that, we also have USL Youth which is a rebrand of Super Y League, a long, long-standing competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The key for both USL Youth and USL Academy is we are not competing with MLS Next or ECNL or E64 or NAL <laughs> or EAL. Or yeah, but, 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 we are complementing yeah. that those setups based off what the club and community needs. So, for example, in Florida, the USL Youth division that gets built out might actually be in, like, January, February. Because they have a gap in programming, a lot of those clubs at that time frame. Yeah. When their regional national leagues aren't scheduling games that in that part of the winter, whereas in um, Minnesota, it might be more. It might end up being more, um, more of like a summer league. Step, yeah. You know what I mean? And the cool thing is, like with USL Youth and USL Academy, you see an ECNL player pool competing against an MLS Next player pool. Yeah. Switchbacks are in partnership with Pride, right? And right now, which is a lot of ECNL players. Yep. But they also get to compete against Real Colorado, which is an MLS Next player pool. You know, so a lot of really unique things like that that are starting to grow. Yeah. And so, but USL's been around for ever. It's got to be one of the longest, right? I mean, correct. So, like the A League that a lot of people know about was, you know, like a former professional league. You know, yeah. And before that and before MLS was the USISL. Yeah. It was actually a pro indoor league that existed between NASL and MLS. Yeah. It was that league that eventually become, became USL. And then it was about five years ago, right when I joined the organization, that you saw the rebrand. Yeah. When I got there in late 2018, it was just PDL and USL Pro. And they were getting ready in 2019 to launch D3 Pro Soccer. Yeah. And that was when they created this vertical of Championship League 1, League 2. Okay. And that ecosystem now has been repeated, you know, 100 times over in so many different communities. And now we obviously have the men's and women's pathway, which makes it complete. Yeah. So what – so there, there's talk and you read about it and of, of, of there's a vote at some point for relegation promotion within the USL structure. 
Um, talk about what you can with that, though. But is what, what will that look like? How does that structure? How would that play down? So it is something we are actively exploring. Um, I think we got to give a lot of credit and respect to the ownership groups that got USL this far, mm-hmm. especially those early investors, right? So we want to be very cognizant of the investment they've already made into the league and the foundation of USL. Uh, but it is something we're exploring and we're excited by, I think, for two main reasons. With things like Welcome to Wrexham, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, the yeah, investment yeah. you're seeing in the game, like, there's more American money invested in foreign soccer now than yeah. some, in some cases domestic. And, like, you can see there are more games of consequence as well. So fans want something to be on the line mm-hmm. at the end of the season, regardless of where you are in the standing. Players do as well. It makes the games more competitive. It, it, excel, it can accelerate player development when these games have more consequence mm-hmm. and meaning. You know what I mean? And I think you can tell there's a lot of soccer fans in this country that spend more time following the global game. So we want to be a domestic representation of the way you see club football around the rest of the world. Right, right. So ProRel is like a critical component to how football works in other in the rest of the world so i think it's our responsibility to try to see if we can't introduce that into american sports yeah yeah but again it's going to take time the ownership the ownership groups and our board of governors will be a key key piece to that decision making process yeah i see how that goes down so interesting i think it's set to it opposite way you probably know it sets you guys apart from from everyone else and um that helps yeah yeah that, that there's, there's there's that aspect of it as well how many what what's your guys? What's your next thing? You're you guys are. All, I feel like you guys are always introducing different things, and you're always trying to change the game and, and be proactive. And what's the next thing that you're allowed to talk about that you think I'm really excited about this coming up for USL? Got to give shout out to Super League. We're yeah. launching a women's pro league yeah. this year, and regardless of politics, like there are not enough jobs for women to play pro soccer. Yeah to coach pro soccer. Lakeisha, who's walking by right now, is a standout W League coach. She's going to this... We're, she's, we're about to announce that she's going to be participating in our new pro preseason residency program, where she's going to be placed at Sacramento Republic in their preseason as part of their men's staff. Nice. Because we've recognized that she's a top pre-professional coach. We want to help prepare her, if she's interested, in pursuing a job in the Super League as a professional coach. So there's all these interconnected initiatives like that utilizing this full ecosystem we now have. Yeah. Where I'm excited that we're now going to be using these pathways to really promote talent. Right? We're actively, as a sporting department, um, evaluating the coaches and players within this pre-pro space. Right? Academy, League 2, W, and even USL Youth. And, and intentionally promoting them up the pathway. You're going to see FC Tulsa announce a new head coach soon and an assistant, both of which were running a USL Academy setup prior. So that's, I think, what I'm... I'm a, I'm a coach at heart myself, yeah. right? Like, that's why I'm passionate for youth development, player development, coach development. So to know that we are now going to be creating more and more opportunities for people to work professionally in the game. Yeah. And, like, I think we've all probably... We've all been coaches long enough to sometimes wonder, like, man, it just doesn't feel attainable, that, mm-hmm. that pro space. It's just there's a gulf between the most of us in the youth collegiate. And now we're connecting that. That is that is fascinating. And so, but your your super league, I know I bounce all other super yeah. league will be a tier one. Yeah. Um, what what's the timing of that league? Same time as NWSL, different, different, very different. So that's again global representation, right? Yeah. We're aligning with the international calendar, so you're actually going to see the league launch in August, have a fall season, winter break, 
Let's conclude with the spring season and then the summer break. It's going to be incredible, too, because I can tell you, um, we just did a presentation led by Amanda Vandervo Vandervoort, our president of the Super League in women's football. And, like, there are a lot more international clubs that are excited to, that we're aligning with that calendar simply because it, it aligns with the transfer market and player movement. Yeah. So, again, like, you're seeing now, granted, it's not to the scale that you see transfer fees at the men's side, but there's now transfer fees in the women's, women's football. And European clubs are used to spending money to acquire talent. Yeah. Guess what we have a lot of on the women's side domestically? Talent. Yeah. But so we're going to actively, like, Super League is going to become not just a place where young teenagers can step into professional women's football, but we also want to create a pathway to the Champions League. Yeah. We want girls to grow up in Tampa Bay to feel like they can play for the Tampa Bay Sun as a 16, 17, 18-year-old, and then if their dream is to go play for Juventus or Manchester United's women's team or Barcelona... We will actively build those relationships and those bridges as we already are on the men's side. And the hope, well, and the expectation is that we're also going to garner a transfer fee for that, which then we can reinvest into the next academy yeah. program, the next player, the next coach, building better training environments. So that's, I think, the piece that American soccer is just starting to unlock over the past few years with MLS and USL clubs getting in that space. Women's football can be in that space as well, and that's where we want to kind of differentiate ourselves from maybe the other versions of women's pro football that have existed in this country. In yeah. Past, you know? And then I want to talk about the, the your pre, pre-professional teams. I think that's a lot of it. I think the opportunity of what it provides for players is is, is incredible. Oh, yeah. So talk about that pre-professional space that you that you guys have um, and can, what that means for players listening to this or players that, oh, yeah. that part of club that want to play. 100%. So at the top of the pre-pro pyramid, right underneath the pro setup, League 2, what used to be PDL. Okay. And W League. Consider it like a U23 platform. The bulk of the players are between 19 and 22. Most of them are collegiate players. Um, there are overage players, so like former pros that maybe still just want to kick it, or late developers that never got a pro look and are still like, you know, chasing the dream. And then obviously the other thing that we're really um, introducing and accelerating is like the integration of young talent at all levels. So like uh, when I look at. Um, Tampa Bay United, right? I want them putting their best MLS next players in this U23 league, exposing them to playing with and against older, more experienced, stronger players, right? That have played college, that have played pro. That's going to accelerate their development more than winning a bunch of U19 or U17 games within their age group. Right. Right? And so, same thing you've seen on the women's side. Sarah Brady oversees the sporting side on the women's. Jason on the men's side, right? With, with, alongside me. Like, Sarah has so many good anecdotes of players. There's a 13-year-old that was competing in the W League last year. And she was the assistant leader for her club. Nice. So, like, if you're good enough, you're old enough. Let's, like, stop holding players back in their age groups who are going to win youth football games. Right. That's not helping the individual development of our top talents. So that's where we're really looking with this pre-pro space to, in academy, it's U20. And we require they have a minimum number of U17s included in that team. Interesting. And so... And then it's, it's, it's a recommendation for the senior team space because obviously there's more on the line mm -hmm. in that space, right? But, like, I'm honestly wanting to introduce the, the concept of could we do the same thing and say, hey, every U23 team needs a minimum number of U20s included. Yeah. So there's, that's where it's getting unique. And then on the academy front, the other thing that makes it very unique, yes, it's designed to accelerate the development of the best high school age player. But it is not youth football. We have an overage rule. The five players, regardless of age, from your senior team can be dropped down onto this U20 game day. 
it's truly a reserve team experience. Yeah. So, like, Orange County last year literally played Brent Richards, a 33-year-old 10-year <laughs> vet, in numerous U-20 games. Because yeah. he was, like, coming back from an injury. They want to get his legs under him. But also, it's an educational experience for the rest of that back line playing alongside him, learning how they want to position themselves in a mid versus low block based on their model of play or how they should build out of the back. Like, it's almost like this player-coach on the field in that yeah. moment. Yeah. And also, it's like, you also want to see, like, okay, if you're my best right back coming up the pipeline... I want to see how you do playing with and against senior team footballers. Yeah. So that's why it's, yes, the pre-pro space is cool because we're getting into so many communities. We're going to have 130 League Two clubs this year, <laughs> 85 WA wow. clubs in just year three. Wow. Like, And then all of them are building academies, and within academy it's also this tie-in of the pros being in that space as well. Yeah. Like, like TBU doesn't just play the Villages and Weston. They also get to play Miami FC and soon to be the Rowdies in that space too. Yeah. Miami FC just signed two 19-year-olds from Italy who came through Syria academies because Notorino's their head coach. They just signed David Mejia, a 20-year-old U-20 Peru national team player who came from Atlanta United. Like, those guys are signed to the pro team, the pro deals. But if they're not getting minutes, they're going to be playing on that U-20 team. And that's incredible. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And now TBU is like, that might actually be a more meaningful game than our MLS Next game or our ECNL game. And like, I'm not, in the cl- I'm not saying that's the intent. But like, I'm letting the clubs make that decision on a yeah. week by week, game by game basis. Yeah. For what those players need in their pool. And and, and I think you know because what, what I like what you're doing with with your your Super League is you're lining with the international calendar. I think the college game, it's so it's so obviously it's quick. It's a lot. You have a lot of injuries. You're playing twice a week. You're training. And, and then all of a sudden, there's done. And so that's why I love the pre-professional space for, for college players. Like, you, you got to continue to play. Like, that's you can't go home and, and just and, and play Xbox all summer like, and do nothing. Like, you, you see it. Like, you, you come back as your sophomore, and you, know, like, you just gain 20 pounds. And, so, well, and we wonder why we haven't reached our potential as a footballing nation. Yeah. Because our best... The best teenagers is in developed football nations. They're they're introduced into men's and women's football as soon as developmentally appropriate. Yeah, yeah, and they're playing year round. Like, and you, yeah, you don't go home yeah, and like sit in your room. Yeah, college is a U twenty two space for the most part. U twenty three ish space. Like, so food for thought, I suppose. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's why I love what you guys are doing. So, and I know we're on a tight budget, so or a tight time. I, I'm going to ask you. I got rapid fire. I like to ask. Cake or pie? Cake. Cats or dogs? But I have the cats on. Okay. Cats. Text or call? Text, for sure. Favorite movie of all time? Inception. Oh, interesting. Trippy. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's a, okay. Um, would, you, would you rather be hot or cold? Uh, cold, you can always put on more layers. I love it. Everyone says hot, and I said when you get hot, you sweat and you stink, and you're. But when you're cold, I stay inside during the Florida summer. Yeah, a yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Time control. Interesting. Um, do you put cheese in your chili? I don't eat chili. Oh. Okay. I'm a big tomato guy. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, who wins, Batman or Superman? Uh, my cat's named Batman, but I think I got to <laughs> lean in on Superman. So. <laughs> uh, soft or hard tacos? Soft. Nike or Adidas? Adidas. Uh, would you rather score an own goal or miss a PK? Score an own goal. Okay. Um, would you rather win the Champions League or win the World Cup? Actually, take that back. Miss a PK. Yeah. Mm. Team in a way worse situation yeah. actually being down in the yeah. goal. So. Yeah. <laughs> than missing a goal. Uh, Champions right. League or win the World Cup? Win the World Cup. Okay. Nothing like it. Awesome. It's on, it's on my to do list, by the way. To win the World Cup? Of course. Yeah. I want to have a World Cup winner's medal someday. Nice. 
hopefully as a player, but <laughs> um, hopefully as some version of an administrator or coach. It, yeah, nice. That, I mean, not, okay. we got to cool. build a system that allows American soccer to realize I, its potential first, though. Yeah. I like it. All right, I know you're on time. So, Liam, I really appreciate your time for, for the USL. I think there's... A, there's I could. I'm, I'm sure. I mean, like everyone was there. I could talk to you for hours about what USL Let's is do doing. Do a follow up later. In the yeah, day. yeah. I appreciate. It. So, Liam, I appreciate your time and uh, have have a good rest of the convention. Thanks so much. Appreciate the opportunity, guys.